Hi, this is Fabio Velarde from Sologenic, the platform that is disrupting the asset trading industry. I'm here of the Edge of NFT, the disruptive podcast that brings you everything you need to know about Web3. Keep listening. Hi, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode to learn how today's guest is on a fast track to tokenize just about everything you'd want to, perhaps even including your grandma and your dog. <laughs> and get an enticing glimpse into the musical side of today's guests. And finally, find out how Supermoon is putting on an incredible event in the Denver Clock Tower and beyond during ETH Denver. Absolutely. And finally, NFTLA 2022 was a blast. It was also a blast off. In a giant plume of bright burning rocket fuel, Web3, NFTs, blockchain, decentralization, and a suite of immersive new tech developments have just exploded onto the canvas of life. Outer Edge is the theme of this year's event, dedicated to those of you building with us at the outer edges, making the future happen. The community-centric gathering returns to Los Angeles March 20th to the 23rd, 2023, to uplift creators and technologists through interactive experiences, a wide variety of discussions and presentations, and entertaining surprises that transport participants to the outer edge of what's possible when we co-create a new paradigm, embracing the decentralized web, artificial intelligence, extended reality, and more. To register to attend or learn how to co-create an experience on the outer edge, head over to outeredge.live. The event is being organized by The Edge of Company and us founders of The Edge of NFT podcast. See you there. Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Fabio Velarde of Sologenic, the leading platform for tokenized securities on demand. Fabio Velarde is an experienced marketing specialist with a background in technology and owned media growth in the entertainment industry. As Sologenic's growth manager, Fabio manages multi-channel campaigns as well as all B2B and B2C partnerships that leverage both Sologenic and Corium technology, including the Sologenic NFT marketplace, cataloged as the largest in the XRPL. Prior to Sologenic, Fabio started an independent record label to bridge the gap for artists seeking authentic expression and sustainable marketability to the mainstream. This piqued his interest in the intersection of decentralization and NFTs, allowing him to cultivate meaningful relationships with artists, content creators, influencers, and brands. Additionally, Fabio led Latin American expansion efforts for the now top five Brazilian gaming company, Sherwa cultivating the creation of new communities, rallying around a common interest in disruptive and engaging technologies. Sologenic is disrupting the asset trading industry by offering tokenized securities, crypto assets, and NFTs in a decentralized ecosystem. The Sologenic Development Foundation is formed by independent developers who maintain, build, and expand the Sologenic ecosystem. Fabio, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thank you for the intro, Ethan. Nice to meet you, Jeff. Joshua, happy to be here. Be sharing some of the core value that we were trying to put up together with Sologenic and Corium. 
And yeah, I mean, I like the intro. It sounds like it's far more than just talking about technology. We're talking about the human element of NFTs and just overall excited to dive deeper on that route as well. Yeah, it feels like you're definitely at the edge of, of a lot of different emerging technologies, which is what we love to, to discuss and great to have you in the mix as well in just a month. Yeah, big awesome. event coming up. Amazing to partner with you. But Fabio, let's talk a little bit about kind of the origin of Sologenic, right? So we've had the opportunity to tokenize all kinds of different digital assets as a background possibility for a really long time. There hasn't been a particularly easy way to do it. And sounds like what you're working on is already changing that, actually. How did this idea come about? How did the project come together? And how did you get involved with it? For sure. Let me start by saying the main aim at Sologenic, the main use case of the token, the Solo token was tokenized securities. But overall, just being able to facilitate this in an easy to use and secure to use decentralized self-custody way to the retail users. So Sologenic, the first component that was launched was the DEX which is currently the largest on the XRP ledger. And the DEX kind of offers you your tools for experienced traders, as well as like some tools for new people to blockchain technology. You have an organic order book, which compared to other decentralized exchanges, like for example, Uniswap, I think that's one of the core advantages. And the aim for this DEX from the beginning was so it actually works in a hybrid model with the tokenization platform. So users at some point, they can send their tokenized securities like stocks, for example, a Tesla stock into the DEX and they can trade it against other cryptocurrencies, stable coins and whatnot. And to touch on your question that how is this possible? That Solgenic has two arms. One of the arms is regulated entity, of course, that has to do K KYC and AML compliant to allow users to undergo that process and then once their account is whitelisted, they can actually go into the decentralized branch, which is currently live, and trade these assets. I hope that makes sense. But fundamentally, that's the hybrid model we were trying to put together. So I can trade Tesla's tokenized stock for Dogecoin and kind of play all the different angles of the Elon Musk saga, right? Is that kind of what you're talking <laughs> about? I guess, yeah. In the core, like the goal is to get there at some point, but what oh, you okay. can do right now, let's talk about what you can do right now. You can already trade all of the XRPL tokens, stable coins, and also NFTs because we have an NFT marketplace on the same web app, completely centralized and self-custody in control of all of your assets. And the aim there is to have the same experience you would have when you're trading on Binance, for example, you know, a centralized exchange to have that experience in the decentralized realm. However, the tokenized securities part, it's already ready. It's on testnet. You can do it. You can actually tokenize that Tesla stock. We currently are fetching data from the NASDAQ and the New York Exchange, working together with Saxo Banks, that's our broker in Europe. So you can actually do dummy trades, tokenize the security, and then actually send it on the testnet, which is pretty cool and, and just gives us a glance of what the features are going to be, like, for example, fractionalized ownership, being able to trade after hours, and many more in that line. Yeah. Well, there was a certain company that doesn't really exist anymore that was trying to do this with synthetics and derivatives, and they didn't do it in the sort of sophisticated way that you guys are doing it. And it was fun for a lot of people, but I imagine that crowd will really appreciate what you're doing, which is being done in a more regulatorily compliant, sort of less leveraged manner. And that's exciting, especially these owner-exclusive content sort of features within the platform and other token gated features. Can you tell us a little bit more about them? 
For sure. First off, it made sense to start with a decentralized branch as we are processing, ad- obtaining a license, because that way you can test out if any bugs surface. It's better to test that out with NFTs or just assets that would not have like a repercussion in a regulatory standpoint. Because if you do that with stocks and, and people lose access to it, it's a very different problem than if someone has not access to an NFT and you can assist them, right? So the NFT side of things at Solgenic, we kicked it off, I think it was last year. I was actually the one that was leading the deployment of this new platform. And we were actually the first ones to do it on the XRP ledger before the XLS20 amendment was pushed. Now, the XLS20 amendment is the amendment that actually allowed native minting functionalities on the XRP ledger. But before that, we kind of found a work around it to do it as IO tokens. But once this was launched, I was like mid last year, then the full potential of the marketplace was released, meaning we had automatic royalty settlement, very low cost minting. That was the main reason why we were doing it because the XRP ledger has very cheap fees, like 0.0000 XRP. And it's fast because they're all about cross-border payments, right? They were trying to solve that problem. That's why we saw an opportunity there. There was not an NFT marketplace that was taking care of that front and with that, we focused on tools, like you mentioned. Token gated, it's one of our fronts we're tackling through owner exclusive content. We did a collection of 3D avatars for gaming. So basically, when you purchase the NFT, you get access to an asset package that you wouldn't be able to get access on if you weren't the NFT holder. So basically, trying to handle all of these on chain so it's more secure, more reliable for users instead of what we usually like. Usual NFT projects do it through a Discord server or using Web2 platforms, right? So we wanted to kind of provide the tools within the Web3 platform that we're building. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And glad somebody's working on it. So you just recently announced the launch of your flagship NFT collection for Sologenic. How are you going to be using avatars here to help the holders customize their characters, show off their personalities? What's that look like? I think the first step of this project was to release a first batch of avatars that already give you like a gaming, AAA gaming quality rig model that you can have access to. And the asset package, if I'm not mistaken, included like an FXB file and three other type files that are commonly used on metaverses, metaverse gaming applications. But we haven't really seen the potential because their interoperability, I feel like it's something that metaverses have struggled, are struggling with right now. And for now, I just see them as games, right? Because a metaverse that is not interoperable, it's kind of like just a gaming that has its own in-app cosmetics and its own customization level. So we just wanted to give the asset to the user so they can do whatever they want with it. But in the future, we will be announcing partnerships with more and more metaverses as they come along. And let's take a step back for a moment and look kind of like broad market conditions and like where we're at in this given moment in the world of Web3 dealing with this kind of bear market. There's like a lot of stagnation when it comes to the view of the outside world looking in. But the reality is we have people in there that are persistent and building and making progress heads down with resources and capabilities willing to continue the charge, right? What's your view on that? And how do we get more people across that bridge? Maybe if they're not quite there yet in the space, maybe they're getting ready to punch out and bail on something that might have potential. Like, what do we do for those folks? For sure. Let me answer this in two parts. I think the first one is just to address the problem and my perception during the effect of the bear market. Especially, I think there was a shift in the way people perceive NFTs. There's a stigma to it, 
that a lot of people still see, especially when we were trying to do high-profile partnerships. It was kind of tricky to navigate that and really get them to understand that we're trying to promote the utility of an NFT instead of just promoting a collectibles collection that has no value or whatnot. So that's the first point. And the way we address that is by framing the NFT marketplace as a marketplace that provides you the tools to transact, to provide value to the users or the holders of a collection. We've even seen some NFT collections doing staking uh, rewards as, as like being backed by a validator node, which I found pretty interesting. And that's a way of providing direct value to the holders of a collection. But to address the solution, or I guess the main touch points that need to happen in order to push mass adoption of not just NFTs, I guess, tokenized assets as well. And that's funny because I've seen this in all the industry, like people are framing more NFTs as part of the tokenization talks because in the end, NFTs are one type of asset. So you can still put them in the pool of when you talk about tokenized assets, right? So I think wallet activations is one of the touch points that we're working on to really solve in order to push mass marketing campaigns. Because if you are familiar with the XRP ledger, you know that there's a 15 XRP reserves you have to have on your wallet in order to own NFTs, transact tokens, whatnot. So we're really working in a way to have a fiat to, to NFT activation rail so users can be onboarded quite easily. And I still think that that's one of the main problems, not just in the XRP ledger, just onboarding, using onboarding. And every time I talk with people from other blockchains, they're all working on the same entrance point. And there's some initiatives, for example, in the Cosmos space, and that's why we are building on that space. And I'll touch on that later. But just ease of use, ease of entry, like entry barrier uh, wise, for example, minting an NFT on Sologenic is costing you less than a dollar. So I guess that's how we are addressing the bear market conditions and facilitating the entry points. I was just on a call earlier. It's not a bear market. It's a builder's market. Exactly. And we're using that time to actually expand in sense of, for example, for our securities market team, we just hired a couple new leaders there to really make sure that regulatory frameworks are met. And that's an extensive research process. So like you said, it's just building. And for the NFT front, I think we have built more updates during this past six months than in the past. Because usually when you have great user flow, then you are perhaps more concentrated addressing bugs or very user direct use of capabilities, directly addressing problems, right? But when you have perhaps less users, you are able to test out new features. We just rolled out a notification system, for example, and some social components into the marketplace. I guess it's a builder's market, like you said. Yeah. And of course, when you're building, you have to work hard, play hard. And we hear there's some exciting stuff going on in Vegas this week, which is sort of the play hard capital of the world that you just over there. What was happening there? Oh, the Vegas event. Yeah, we did a meetup, I think. It was mid last year, during the summer last year. We just saw that there was a big Apex convention for the XRP community. And as we built on top of the XRPL, so we work closely with Ripple and overall other projects that are also building on that same blockchain. So we saw an opportunity to do an event there. And it was quite interesting how the community got together and they actually helped that organize. It was a big turnaround. It was, it was 300 people at the MGM Grand. And that was the beginning of also another NFT collection that was called like the Solgenic OG Holders, which at the moment, the club collections were trending and we kind of wanted to do our own, but to really, really provide some value. So they got pretty much free access to all the event, open bar, and 
they also get the same thing for the Corium mainnet event. So these are our core community members, and we really value what they do for the project. So we thought this event was a good way to kickstart that relationship. And also, given that Apex was happening on the same week, we got to interact with more people and more partnerships arise from that event as well. Yeah, there's nothing more powerful than that, like in real life experience of meeting up, talking, collaborating. That's why we love IRL events. So that's cool. Yeah, we yeah. should put it, on it our was own funny event too. sometime. Just kidding. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Go I ahead. Mean, are you guys going to be in LA? I was just going to say it was funny to to match the Twitter handles with the faces. Sometimes they would be uh, like, yeah. oh, my name is this. And I'm like, I don't know your name, but they will be like, this is my Twitter handle. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen you in like a lot of spaces there. It was quite funny. Uh, yeah. Oh, you don't look like a JPEG in real life. or. <laughs> <laughs> Although some people show up with their JPEGs strapped onto their face. That's, <laughs> that's a good not, strategy. That's not yeah. uncommon. But yeah, it was G Money, right? G Money recently. Am I getting that right? I always get the different Gs yeah, yeah, confused. Yeah. yeah. He recently <laughs> doxed himself. Well, we had an episode where we had, what did we have? We had G Money and G Love on the same episode. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, he recently doxed himself. But it's an interesting case, right? Because I think there was various people who knew him, right? Just kind of like, the community and saw him around and you could recognize him but is this something different officially to kind of let the world know like this is me and this is what's going on but i feel so, like at this point it's really important for leaders in this space to i'm not going to say that they have to be fully doxxed but transparency overall is it's quite key and we've always been like that like bob our, our CEO, he has quite a reputation for being super doxxed and just being like everyone knows where he is and, and just who he is in general well, I think it's safe to say that Jeff, Ethan, and I are, are very doxxed at this point. <laughs> you guys didn't know. Ethan's just an alias. <laughs> I'm a wholly, totally different guy. No. But I always think of it like Mardi Gras or like Carnival or something like that. You know, it's fun to dress up and be somebody else for a day or two of the year. But I think on the long run, it works mm. to kind of just be yourself and carry your own reputation. Yeah. So we've heard of this term in context with what you're doing of industry agnostic NFTs. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is? Use cases expanding beyond um, avatars, collectibles, gaming, and stuff like that. What does this mean? Sure. I mean, it has to do with the, what I was saying about interoperability. I think at some point, NFTs shouldn't be limited to a blockchain because then the whole point of them being unique in a blockchain, it's kind of like deterred. But what we're trying to do on the upfront, I think it's become interoperable and Corium is one of the rails that we are using to make this happen. So I was talking about Cosmos and Cosmos is a really interesting ecosystem because it's super easy to build applications within other applications. Overall, the IVC interoperability really opens the door to a lot of different chains that built on the same SDKs, same software development kit, but they can easily switch a node and they can be interoperable. We've seen this also on wallet applications, for example. Citadel One, it's one of the wallets that's going to support Corium. They have embedded in their wallet Osmosis. Osmosis is a popular DEX if you're aware in the Cosmos ecosystem as well. But yeah, I think that's where we're trying to reach just as more interoperable opportunities. And the first one we are actually doing is from the XRPL to Corium. So that will be a bridge through multi-chain. And hopefully one day we hope to see the NFT marketplace also be interoperable with that. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. So interoperability, like foundational layer to really every, every form of kind of blockchain product, every evolution of it is foundational, right? But also mm -hmm. foundational in this space is to have this kind of layer of enterprise functionality. 
And from what we were looking at, it sounded like the inclusion of the Corium smart token is going to help with that, in particular as it relates to NFTs. What's the story there? Like, what's your push? How's Sologenic thinking about kind of the enterprise layer of this equation? For sure. Let me tell the story of how Corium came to mind. I think there was an early stage of research first, two years, just trying to nail down what is the problem that needs to be addressed right now from layer one blockchains. And also from the Sologenic perspective, the tokenization platform was built to at some point be utilized with smart contracts, right? Because that way it allows us to be more efficient and also comply with regulatory frameworks. In that sense, we came up with Corium. The first marketing phrase that we have for Corium was one blockchain for all. But then we realized we need to tackle something more specific first. And that's when we did some more research for a year and we decided to build Corium for enterprise solutions. So it's kind of like a blockchain that was specifically designed for companies of any size to utilize blockchain technology and with a specific emphasis on regulated companies, like financial companies. The reason I say this is because we built on top of the Cosmos SDK, but there are some transactions that are unique to Corium. And one of them, for example, is the ability to have an optional KYC feature so they can automatically adopt this system into their current workflow and be able to have that feature without having to require a third party or integration and anything like that to have it on chain on a layer one. I feel like it's a game changer. Other than that, smart tokens is the, the biggest development that we encountered with Corium. And to explain it in a simple one sentence is the ability to program tokens to execute contract-like functions without having to recall an external smart contract. So it's basically programmable assets. Right. And one of the use cases of these assets is definitely in the NFT realm, since you can program certain NFTs to be interactive, meaning they can react differently when an account is holding it. Like, for example, I say, Ethan, you receive an NFT from me and it's programmed to recognize that if it was sent to you, it then executes another function and it can be linked to another smart contract. The options there are very scalable, but in the core, the reason why smart tokens is revolutionary is because it's reliable. It's fast. Since in a blockchain, all transactions are known with native tokens, then it's kind of like a faster alternative to smart contracts that can be potentialized with smart contracts, if I'm making myself a bit clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And another one that's pretty popular, and I don't know how I forgot to mention it, soulbound tokens, right? The, to have a, a token linked to your identity, that's also one of the use cases we hope to power with this technology. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, Soulbound tokens are fascinating. It's something we're looking into and definitely at the edge as well. And speaking of all this progress you've been making, you've got this uh, Corium mainnet launch coming up really soon, March 24th. And a party, of course, what's a launch without a party? Core Nova party. What can we expect from this collaboration? Yeah, like you said, I mean, Parties or real in real life events are quite important for us and they've been key to our community growth. We did one in Vegas, we did one in London actually, and we had previously done one in Miami with Ripple alongside them. So this event is gonna be the biggest of them all. It's a layer one blockchain launch. So we booked the Lighthouse Art Space in LA, which is basically 400 people art space, but all the walls are customizable. So that's pretty cool from the start point you will get like this immersive experience, very futuristic theme. We're going to have entertainment. We booked quite famous DJ. We're going to have some high profile invite 
guests as well that have been announcing, like some of them in the crypto industry, some of them outside. And the aim there is not just to all to be about Corium, it's to actually start conversations from leaders outside of the space and within about mass adoption, about enterprise uses, use cases. And that has to do with a grant program that we were deploying as well, focused on smart token technology. Yeah, that's great. I've been to that venue for the Van Gogh exhibit they had there, and it's absolutely incredible. Super immersive, cool spot. Sounds like we're going to have a good time together. Yeah. Well, will you be joining us? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, so I'm based in Venice. Our whole crew will be in LA for Outer Edge LA. So I wouldn't want to miss it. Yeah, no, I'm excited that we just secured that partnership and will be the after party. I'll also be in NFT LA on the grounds of the event. And like you said, it's going to be huge. And I think one of the most important moments are going to be, we're actually going to launch the main at live there. And we also are, have invited a lot of our partners, like a lot of the companies that we've worked together with from exchanges to other companies in the crypto space, they will be present there. So it will be like a all coming together moment to really start a new horizon for blockchain technology, if you will. Yeah, man. That's what it's all about, dude. Like, we say it over and over again from our event last year and what we anticipate this year and everything we're building into it. It's just at the end of the day, it's about bringing people together and just good things happen when you get folks in the same room that have this shared belief, like these core values, this vision mm -hmm. for the future that are in here to build and to help progress the space. They have the long view relationships form, business partnerships, inspiration, education. Like you just don't know where it's going to come from, but you just know that it's there. So I can't wait. We're a month out officially as of today, right? So yeah, I guess from well, the 23rd at least. Yeah. Yeah. The 24th, we are just yeah. one month away. But I was just going to say, even when you're building relationship with influencers or just other people that are just getting to know about the blockchain technology in general, I would always say invite them to an event because in the event, they really get to experience firsthand community members talking to them, people that have done extensive research. And it's not like linear communication. It's more like, okay, you can take opinions for different people on site. And that really helps. Yeah. Yeah. We're amped about it. So appreciate the collaborations. So we got a couple more questions before we get to quick hitters, which is going to be fun, I'm sure. What about your roadmap? What's that look like going forward? Partnerships, collaborations, other stuff we should look out for? Absolutely. So for Solgenic in our roadmap, we just released a notification system and upcoming, we have one of the biggest dApps, I would say that I'm most excited for It's an IDO launchpad. So you have currently the DEX the NFT marketplace. We also have a market index for all of the XRPL tokens, which is quite useful because the recent growth of the XRP community and overall more projects are building on it. So that's also in our roadmap to be integrated with CoinGecko so they can track all of those new tokens. But as I was saying, the IDO Launchpad basically will allow you to launch a project from scratch on the platform and raise funds, raise capital in a decentralized way. So the way we're addressing this is to make the token issuance process quite smooth. So basically, you can have your own XRPL token issue it in about 10 minutes, just following some steps. And then when you create the IDO, you can put some information like your team members and the airdrops you're doing, the tokenomics, of course. And there's the trust score component that we incorporated because this is all decentralized. So you can list whatever you want and we want to avoid scams as well. But at the same time, we can only provide the tools. We cannot be actively delisting 
projects. We do have a support team, but it's not like we're trying to aim it so it runs on its own. You know what I mean? So we incorporated this trust score component. Basically, you have to submit a transaction to vote in favor or against a project, and it just builds trust because it's not like someone can inflate the votes. You need to verify your wallet and everything to submit it. After the IDO, we have the XLS30 implementation. So that is going to bring AMM capabilities into the XRP ledger. And we are going to be on top of that. When they released the previous amendment in XLS20, we were the ones incorporated as well. So we're already working on that. And then we are also working on app versions of both the NFT marketplace and the DEX. So that that's all for the next two quarters. It's pretty packed. And, and for Corium, of course, is the main at launch and a lot of exciting things coming there as well. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Good memory. <laughs> yeah. And in just a short period of time, right? Yeah. Well, really cool, man. Well, we're super excited to see out at, at Outer Edge this year in LA. So many cool things happening. And yeah, I appreciate you sharing that with us. You have questions about blockchain? Like how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintraininalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. We wanted to shift gears though, Fabio, a little bit and head over to our next segment, which is called Edge Quick Hitters. It's just a fun and quick way for us to get to know you personally a little bit better. Fun questions, only 10 of them. And we're looking for short answers, single word or a few words, but we may dive in a little bit deeper here or there. You ready to get after it? Yeah, I'm excited for this. Let's All do right. It. Edge quick hitters. Here we go. Question number one. What's the first thing you remember purchasing in your life? In my life? Yes. Wow. First thing ever. My drum kit. Nice. How, how old? Five years old. Five. Oh, man. To music. Yeah. That's amazing. And still drumming to this day? Oh, yeah. Every day. Every day. Morning routine. Wow. Got a, you got a favorite <laughs> drummer? Oh, that's an interesting question. Steven Taylor from Foo Fighters that just passed away recently. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Question number two. What's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? An old DJ mixer just to buy a new one. <laughs> nice. All right. We're, there's this music yeah, the theme operator. in here that I, we yeah. didn't. Yeah, we didn't get that before. We got to. We did go hear ahead. what there was in the intro. There was the yeah. record label, right? That's true. Yeah. Actually, yeah. 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 Okay. We got to hear more about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's some That's more happening better. here. More brewing on that front. Okay. Question number three. What's the most recent thing you purchased? Coffee. <laughs> Blends coffee right before this. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Question number four. What's the most recent thing you sold? I feel like I, for my job, you kind of have to sell yourself in every point of day, but I'm going to say, I really have no idea what was the last thing I sold. 
Not much. Huh? Always Hanging be closing. On. Always yes. be closing. <laughs> yeah. I guess an NFT. Yeah. I sold an NFT recently. It was a, an NFT that they made for us on the London event. Like an artist did it custom for us. And yeah, just sold it to the community. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Question number five. What is your most prized possession? Okay. I have a hard drive, five terabyte hard drive that has all of the songs I've ever made. And I think that's my most prized position. <laughs> right on. And in your writing for music, is it just the music? Do you have lyrics? Is it everything? Like, what do you have on there? Yeah, it's mostly project files. I'm really not mm. like attached to a lot of material things, but mm. I feel like just having a track record, for example, even for photographs, like we don't currently print them out rarely, like my generation, at least they're always happening in their phone. So I guess that's why I pointed out the hard drive because everything's yeah. there. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. All right. Question six. If you could buy anything in the world, something digital, physical, a service, an experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? Mm, top of the mind right now, I would go to skydiving, skydiving in Italy. Yeah. Nice. Is there a particular reason why Italy versus somewhere else? Because, well, I'm half Italian, so I really like, mm. but I've never actually skydived there. So yeah, that's the reason why. Ah, but you skydived elsewhere. No. <laughs> okay. Got it, got it, got it. The, the sky is warmer there. Have you ever skydived, <laughs> Jeff? Yeah, yeah, I have out in Virginia, but I think like doing it like over the Amalfi Coast would be pretty awesome. Like seeing that right? like Sorrento yeah. and that area, dude, like that's like a whole other level instead of like. Yeah just dirt <laughs> which is what i yeah, saw i just wanted to be more specific i got that picture you got the picture yeah yeah i got the picture man okay cool question number seven if you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation what would it be creativity and i guess just the discipline to be able to brainstorm ideas and then commit to some and just be able to prioritize on a creative standpoint of course yeah mm. Yeah, the execution side of it, right? Like you can come up with an yeah. idea, but then it's like, I mean, just being... the discipline to be creative because even for yeah. marketing, we have mm. a lot of ideas, but our brain is not designed to retain ideas. So you have to have discipline to just be able to decide which ones you're going to commit, which ones you're going to execute. And that's a good skill I think of my personality has. So I would pass it on. Yeah. yeah, right on. Well, the flip side of that question eight, if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? I tend to overthink a lot but I would eliminate that. I would say just count to three and make a decision. Sometimes you need to do that. Mm. Yeah. Easy to get hung up, waiting for perfection, not executing, right? All right. Question nine. What'd you do just before joining us on the podcast? Before joining us? Oh, I had like three meetings. So I guess a lot of planning for the main event. Really yeah. making it a big event requires a lot of planning in terms of deciding what the itinerary is going to be, who's attending, and entertainment-wise, we are really focused to make it a show because a party could be a party with just music and drinks and that's it. But yeah. we really have like a full schedule packed of things that are happening. So yeah, that takes time. Indeed it does. All right, last one. Question 10. What are you going to do next after the podcast? I'm going to go have lunch probably outside. It looks so nice, but it's like minus two. So Get out probably, of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, Vancouver. It's it's a pretty cold city right now, but I yeah. can't complain. I think most of the time it's good. So yeah, yeah, I'll go have lunch after this. All right. I'm trying to think of a bonus question. Yeah, this is the best, okay. the best I come up with is: Can you either beatbox or like 
drum fill with your hands like a good drum fill or tell us a drummer joke <laughs> how's your parents just the drummer right? thing do a drummer thing uh, sure i'll beatbox because i'm terrible at jokes okay so, okay all right all right I'll, okay that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. all right nice. love, it. love it cool man hey there nft space cadet Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio. And you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right. This full service, soup to nuts, end to end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you. Yes, you, Randy. Launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. So that's Quick Hitters. Thanks for sharing with us, dude. We appreciate it. Cheers. A word on the street is that we do have a little hot topic to hit. Indeed. Pretty interesting one. Want to head over there, Ethan, and crush that hot topic? Yeah, for sure. Today, we're shouting out a special sponsor relationship with Supermoon. Exciting event taking place at ETH Denver. Supermoon is known for really pushing the limits and coming up with innovative ways to connect builders and founders, high-impact networking stuff, experiences like this. And uh, we're really excited to share it with people. We're talking all about events today. So just more great events to participate in. Good stuff. Yeah, on that point, again, just getting people together. And you're hearing this theme a lot in our conversations, the people we're collaborating with, not just because we're throwing out of Reg LA here on March 20th to the 23rd, but also because it matters, man. It matters getting people together in person, that energy, especially coming out of like that COVID period, right? Where we were separated from each other. That energy is real, man, when you get people together. And so builders, founders coming through these experiences are going to innovate and make some amazing things happen. Yeah. And I see some echoes or parallels with kind of what you guys are trying to put together there, Fabio, is they're taking over a supermoon tower and that's the iconic Denver clock tower. They're going to be there March 1st to the March 3rd. It's going to be a centerpiece of the event to be there three days and people will be kind of in this opulent setting, uh, breathtaking views of the city skyline. 
lots of activities, workshops, interviews, networking breaks, got a social hour going on for people to mingle. And it's a private thing exclusively to Supermoon member sponsors and supporters. So kind of like you're talking about, you're curating not only the entertainment and the experience, but like the people that are there, right? To make sure it's the cool crowd people. that can yeah, make yeah. things happen. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a lot of FOMO from ETH Denver. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people we know are currently on the grounds as well, attending this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Big stuff for sure. And I don't know if you've ever seen that or been to that clock tower in Denver is pretty cool. Great venue to do this. Yeah. I haven't seen that myself, but yeah, I do have FOMO too for ETH Denver. And now Josh is going to be there. I wish I could mm -hmm. be going too, but we did have one of the founders of the event on last year before the event last year. Really, it's just such an amazing story too. Like just starting from basically a handful of people meeting in a bar every once in a while to like this huge event and it's free. It's really amazing. Also have a note here, Supermoons, they're, they're hosting this near house from February 26th to March 6th. And that's going to bring together leading builders, founders in the near ecosystem. And that's kind of cool. Participants get a chance to stay together and build together. So those not building on near Supermoon Camp has two other fantastic residencies where founders can stay together for six days, maximizing their ETH for experience. So it's like, what was that MTV show? <laughs> the real world? The real world. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, real yeah. world ETH Denver hanging out with the builders. I'm sure there's a lot less drama and a lot more productive things going on. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. And look, man, also just like building, especially if you're talking about like software development, it happens at all kinds of different hours. So if you're in the same place, kind of hackathon style, like you never know what's going to come out of it. Yeah, yeah it's fun. fun. It's fun to get together at that level with people too. Actually, shout out to Jeff for taking the couch. <laughs> when we've stayed, we've gone on various journeys for business and some conferencing stuff. And we find a place where like, oh, oops, we don't have enough beds. You know what? Jeff's the guy. He took the hit for the team. <laughs> the couch. Way to go, uh, dude. I'll sleep on the That's my old army days, man. I'll sleep. <laughs> if you tell me sleep within three minutes, I'll be asleep on the floor with no pillow. It doesn't matter, man. I'll sleep anywhere. That's pretty. <laughs> do, you, do you have a technique you can share, Jeff? Because honestly, like, I think there's some military techniques to get fall asleep under stress, right? Yeah. You build it. It's basically, for me at least, you just clear your mind because you know that's it. Because otherwise, if your mind's working, right? Yeah. That's what's going to keep you up, or at least with me. So. You just learn to just clear your mind. And once you do that, usually sleep comes pretty quickly thereafter if you're tired. So that's how we would do it. So if I count down from 100, I'm probably not going to get out of the 90s. I'm just going to go to sleep. <laughs> okay. I used to be really good with sleep too. Lately, I've been having issues, but I had a similar thing. I could just go to sleep on a dime. There is an app called uh, Sleep Reset, which I tried recently. They have a three-month program. And one of the key factors there is like, you get really in command of your sleep by taking the sleep out. Uh, so when you're awake, getting out of the bed. So mm. the idea is, you know, when you get in that bed, that's for sleep. And if you're awake in the middle of the night, you don't try to sleep in the bed. You wake up until you're tired or you get up until you're tired. You get back in there. So I think it's like a lot of it's also kind of like conditioning, right? Mm. Associative conditioning. And for Jeff there, right? It's not only associative with like a place, a bed, but like a thing, like it's just like sleep and do it right. When the command comes, you just have to be able to sleep. See, there's a few more things about Supermoon. We, we probably want to let people know about. They've got a startup day set to take place, got 30 plus participating VCs, including Techstars. Techstars is awesome. A lot of cool people out of that program. Prime opportunities to meet some of the most influential investors, entrepreneurs in the industry, 
And yeah, I guess we should let people know if they want to join Supermoon in the Denver Clock Tower, the two lucky winners will actually receive a ticket to this very special and intimate networking event. There's only one day left to enter. So we'll put this out on socials yet again, and people can quickly head over to our NFTLA Live Twitter, check the pinned tweet, mark their calendars, and pack their bags, get ready to dive into the exciting world of Supermoon. Yeah, man. So check them out. They're at Supermoon Camp, all one word, no spaces on Twitter. So at Supermoon Camp. And then website is just supermooncamp.com. So check it out. Sounds very cool. And again, if you haven't been over to that clock tower in Denver, really iconic setting for this iconic event. So super cool. Super cool for Supermoon. All right, Ethan. Hey, word on the street is we have a very special hot topic for today. Yes, let's get to it. Today's hot topic guest is Donnie Dinch, the CEO of Bitski. Donnie is a Web3 pioneer, seasoned business leader, and entrepreneur with over 10 years of experience co-founding and leading cutting-edge companies, including Out There Labs and Will Call, which was acquired by Ticketfly. Donnie, it's great to have you on Edge of NFT. Welcome. Great to be here. Excited. Yeah, dude. So, gosh, isn't like the age-old like crypto problem, just like getting people to acquire crypto, to start a wallet, just to get in the boat, right? Like that is in the age old, like in the decade that crypto has been here, right? So you're helping to solve this major, major problem that is crazy to me still exists, even after all this time, knowing it's been an issue. So tell us about it, man. Like what's the story behind Bitsky, the design, the overall vision for what you've created? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess to be very clear that when we started Bitsky, it was right after the 2017 ICO craze where we're all just buying tokens. We have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah. Like, just need a token, I guess, I guess. <laughs> and I got to say, like, it was interesting. Like, I don't know why. Like, I think we all kind of knew that there was a lot of bullshit happening, but there was still something compelling about it. And at some point right around the end of 2017, I'd, I'd seen CryptoKitties. It was sort of this first non-financial application that I had seen on blockchain. And I was able to buy a cat and sell a cat. And just candidly, that just kind of was like a eureka moment. I'm like, oh, we should be able to sell our digital goods. Why am I spending $20 on Fortnite banana outfits that I can't sell? Like, this seems illegal. This seems ridiculous. And from that moment, there's kind of like a wild hair on how do we enable this for everyone? How do we enable the idea of ownership in the internet in a way that is accessible to people that don't really care about blockchain or crypto or don't need to? And so for us, we've always been very outcome oriented about solving these problems or addressing these people problems that we think blockchain affords, this, these new user experiences. And we realized that, listen, everyone's going to need a wallet. I think we have a belief that wallets will be the most important piece of consumer software over the next 20 years next to email, have the same amount of saturation across humanity. Those people aren't all going to be keeping their seed phrases private and, and managing the security of those. And there needs to be a better way to do it. So we saw wallet as sort of the entry point uh, to really helping proliferate this idea of ownership throughout the internet dude like even if you look like right now at like a vcon right like people are trying to figure okay how do i get tickets to vcon if i don't own like a series one v friend for example and they have like a here are the steps that you have to take in order to get one dude i mean there's like 30 different steps right now it's they do a great job of communicating the information okay, go open a coinbase account, then open MetaMask and transfer your money there, then go to OpenSea and then buy this and then validate, you know, like there's so many different steps, right? And it's even as good as you can do it, there's still just too many, right? It's too much. And so we need some kind of solution ultimately to get us there, right? 
Absolutely. I'm actually going to be giving a talk about this later this week, this idea that I guess in layman's terms, like the juice has to be worth the squeeze. And I think Mm. that over the arc of what we've seen in 2021 with PFPs in sort of the speculative market, the upside was so potentially high that people were willing to go through some pretty nonsensical things in order to try to reach that goal. Now that that's leveled out a bit, you're not going to see these crazy blue chip in Very rarely you're going to see these big blue chip NFT projects come to it, come to fruition. People just aren't going to care as much. And so the hurdles that they have to go over need to be lower in order for them to participate. So I think that there's a bit of a head fake in the space because there was so much money to be made in 2021. But you're totally right. Like the reality is just because we have new software and new user experiences, it can't be harder to use than the things we've already been doing on the internet. Yeah, totally. I probably have done less than a lot of other people in terms of like trying to pursue like various token opportunities. But when you said the things that people go through for the potential upside, I'm remembering (laughs) it was like banana swapping, bananas for staking, farming, coconuts. And (laughs) I was just remembering like all these things and your friend had to tell you how to do it. Yeah, man, that was my biggest challenge of the whole system. Yeah. So anyways... The wallets that you've created is continuously improving, right? Like you said, you've been around since 2017. You've got a new version recently. Can you tell us key features, improvements that users can enjoy moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So as of this morning, we've launched a Bitsky's 2.0 wallet. Big, big things that we've really added. One, the wallet was primarily only web-based or mobile app. We've added a browser extension. And we've rebuilt it from the ground up, the mobile wallet. And so the easiest way to explain this is like having been in the Silicon Valley for, let's say, 12 years now, building software through like the golden era of mobile apps, of social apps, where there's a certain level of delight and polish that people were putting into these things. And I feel like we maybe have lost along the way. And that doesn't just mean it has to have beautiful animations and things like that, but it has to just be a very intuitive product. We didn't want to settle for anything less with this release for the wallet. This is a wallet that anyone can pick up that has knows nothing and they just want to connect to a game or they want to connect to an app that says, hey, you need a wallet. Very simple. Sign up with an email and password. But at the same time, you can also import your self-custody key. We allow you to watch other wallets. We do transaction simulation. So you know if you're going to get totally raked or not when you sign some random contract. We have an incredibly rich, like beautiful activity feed that Like, I don't know if you've looked at activity feeds in most wallets, but it's just not made for humans. What they're doing is decoding these contract interactions. We've spent a lot of effort on manually going through and you know if you get an airdrop, you know if you give OpenSea permission to like manage an entire collection. All of these things that seem sort of obvious, like because that just works, is I think has really been the effort. Like we've been just kind of hell-bent on building what we think is objectively the best wallet for people trying to buy and sell NFTs. And so That's been a big focus. And then at the same time, we have the browser extension that is pound for pound as strong as the mobile wallet. If you add a wallet on the browser extension, it shows up in the mobile wallet, vice versa. You have like, these are common things you've seen with Web2 products for years. And we've just really applied that to this paradigm. I think the way that we look at the wallet is very much a construct that's yet to be totally defined, meaning that beyond just a place where I can buy and sell, it has a lot of responsibility of communicating to the user what they're actually doing, like what's happening with their wallet and letting them know what's happening with the things that they own. So yeah, we're excited about it. Yeah, man. It's so interesting, like the intersection of like privacy and transparency, both. And like, where's that line, right? Like the information stored in there. And there's just a ton of private information. There's also your assets, like 
it has to be secure. What are the steps that you guys take to ensure that you're like hitting the target, I guess, in those categories like privacy and security? Yeah. So the big thing is that on-chain data is on-chain data, and that is what it is. But the account system is not on-chain. It's a very much hybrid stack of using the best tool for the job at every crossroad. The industry best practices were a SOC 2 type 1 compliant outfit. We provide an enterprise wallet solutions that leverage the same infrastructure that we use for consumers. And really, our consumer wallet is a great patient zero for a lot of new things that we try out and we try them at scale. And so I think that's one way that we kind of handle security on that side. And then as far as the key management for those that decide to use, you know, every user that signs up with Bitsky gets what we call the Bitsky Vault wallet. And that's a wallet where the private keys live in Bitsky's owned hardware security modules. Keys never leave hardware. All transactions are signed in hardware. And Bitsky has no ability to sign or transact on behalf of the user. It's a quite novel architecture. But listen, we're happy to provide the optionality for you to import your self-custody key if you want. And that's the new feature. But at our core, I think that private keys should almost always stay in hardware. And certainly for most people. I think maybe we've mentioned this before, but look at you know, email. Email service providers versus running your own email server. It's pretty obvious what the direction that wallets are going over the next five, 10 years. and think we're very well positioned for that. Yeah, I mean, and when you like just in this particular category of like security and privacy and whatnot, when you think of the other wallets like in the marketplace, like for a layman that doesn't really understand necessarily the architecture behind it, like what do you say to somebody about why, say, Bitsky over MetaMask or other options that are out there? Like, why should this be the centerpiece of where you're storing your digital assets? Yeah, I mean, and I think that. It's funny. So we have good reasons for all of the wallets of why we think you should use ours over that. But if we break it down into two simple categories, people that are new to the space and people that are familiar with the space. If you're new to the space, you're probably not that excited about trying to manage self-custody. And there really isn't another wallet that does that. There's other sort of apps like I'll say like what Nike has released lately, where you can sign up and they kind of walk you through getting a wallet for that app. It's pretty interesting. And we're excited to kind of provide some of those solutions for brands in the future as well. But that's just kind of how it should be, just an email password. And so if you're new to the space, we really don't think there's anyone that competes without it at this level. And if you're used to using software over the past 10 years and mobile apps, this is going to feel like something that feels responsive and thoughtful. If you're a MetaMask user, I think that we do pound for pound almost everything that uh, MetaMask does, except for maybe some fringe edge cases around some DeFi things. But that said, we do a lot more as user safety. You're not going to get your stuff stolen, like all the hacks that you've read about recently. Kevin Rose, whomever, our wallet like explicitly says, we're about to take this amount out of your wallet. I did a demo of it last night and we went to this, but I was asking the audience for like a spam site that we could go and test this out. And I went to some pudgy penguins, but it was pudgy penguins with an L and hit the sign, connected my wallet. And it took a little while. And the reason it takes a while, because this scam, the way that these work is they look through your wallet, they look through what's most valuable. And then they say, hey, this is what we want to take. And so in our modal, it shows up and it's like, hey, we wanted to deduct 3,000 sand from your wallet. And I said, no, obviously. But that's something that if you're on MetaMask, you'd lose all that. You wouldn't have any introspection into what's happening. Yeah, right on. Such an important thing to point out, because that is it, right? That's where people get caught up. They just don't know what's about to happen or what's happening in that real moment. So Yeah, and we want this to be, obviously, the beauty or the glory of blockchain is this trustless environment. But in any new software, you have this cat and mouse game of people exploiting vulnerabilities and in those things trying to get patched and addressed. Right now, it's kind of running rampant in Web3. It's just their smart contracts are still such a new medium and canvas for baddies. They, they, they just find new ways to wreck you all the time. 
And so it's something that we're vigilant about that we stay on top of. You know, we work with a great partner, Blowfish, that helps provide a lot of the simulation of transactions, meaning we go and actually run the transaction as if we were going to execute it. And we tell you that what the outcome is. So still early days on that, but I don't think that there's another wallet in the marketplace that handles it better than Bitsky. That's awesome stuff. Anything else regarding onboarding that's worth sharing that just kind of makes it easy? Because it's one of the reasons I think there's a been a lot of appreciation for our event, for Outer Edge, as being something that's accessible to a wider audience and things like that and bringing people, you know, bring a friend to Outer Edge and onboard them onto things. Anything else that kind of, you mentioned a lot, but that makes it sort of easy for folks to get into? Yeah, I think the big thing is that signing up with an email and password and just being thrown into the wallet. We put a lot of effort on the new user experience on the NUX. And you get into the wallet, you might not have an NFT yet. We actually have a, we allow you to claim an NFT right off the jump. So you get that, you get to understand what that experience is like. You have something showing up in your activity feed. So people can start to get familiar with what's going on. The reality is because it's still new, it's a new paradigm. You need to guide the user a little bit. I'll give one other example. Like whenever you sign a transaction in the wallet, we say submitting transaction, we have this beautiful little modal, and then it like animates down to the activity feed like tab. And then you see like a spinner with a number and it's like you have one pending transaction. So you can tap that and you can look in the activity feed and you have this feedback loop. And I think that's the real challenge is in, in a lot of wallets, it's like you don't really know what the hell is happening after you hit submit in a lot of places. And so for us, we kind of went through from like a step-by-step -step process of what about this induces anxiety and confusion and how can we address that and, and triage that? And that's, listen, we still have a lot of work to do, but I think that again, there isn't a wallet that's been more thoughtful on how do we get somebody new to really understand, not just to buy something, but to understand how it happened in the whole process of what's going on. That's great. Yeah, man. It's like, it's just, it's infrastructure, right? Fundamentally, like this is the foundation of like everything right. that happens. Every transaction that happens comes back to somebody having a wallet with assets in it, whether it's for, you know, from a currency perspective or otherwise, right? Like just fundamentally it's there. And we're still chopping wood. We're still chopping wood to improve. And you guys have taken a really big step forward in helping to create that sustainable infrastructure that we need. So it's pretty amazing, man. For the folks that haven't had a chance to look at it or play around with it at all, like where should we send folks, man? Where do they need to go to check out Bitski and everything you guys are working on? Yeah, we had a fresh new website. This went live this morning, uh, bitski.com, B-I-T-S-K-I.com. You can get download links for the browser extension and the uh, iOS wallet from there. And like I said, we also offer sort of enterprise wallet solutions that leverage that same architecture and infrastructure that we've built out. And you can find all that information on the website. Amazing. So check it out, y'all. Bitsky changing the game for wallets and accessibility to the masses. So Donnie, thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been great. All right. Talk soon. Yeah. See ya. So we move on to our shout outs. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, so we, we added this little segment, shout out, to give a little bit of love for people that are moving the needle in our lives. Fabio, you got anybody you want to give some love to? Well, shout out to the influencers that are confirming their attendance to the Coronova event. Shout out to Wendy, Crypto Wendy, Crypto Mason. I love the content they do every day, trying to put the most reliable information for their following. Mm -hmm. Um well, so I don't know. You tell me, Jeff. Crypto Wendy, yeah, I just went on her show a couple of days ago. I had a lot of fun. I mean, one of the great things about her is she's just very genuine. And we're in the middle of the show and she's like, oh, that's my daughter at the door. When we're done here, she's asking me to be done so we can play games. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah. she's just like a really genuine person who's there to give you genuine information and kind of put it all on the line in the name of helping other people. So 
Yeah, yeah that's a great shout out. I actually. agree. I agree. Yeah. Much yeah. love. Much love, y'all. And Fabio, before we break for this episode, man, we got to let folks know where to go to follow you, follow the project, everything you guys have going on. Where should we send them? For sure. In terms of Sologenic, you can go to the Twitter. It's at real Sologenic. We also have a Discord server. And then for the Corium event that we're doing with the NFT, Edge of NFT crew, you can go to the Corium.com website. You'll find all the information there. Of course, it is an invite-only event, but we have put up to, I think it's just 20 or 30 tickets for public sales. So they're going up fast. You can just go to the website there. Cornova is the name of the event. And it's happening on March 24th. So mark your calendars for that. And the main event will go live at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So many great things coming together all at once. We'll look forward to seeing you live and in person out there. All right. Well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Also look us up on all major social platforms by typing edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.